Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this series that's designed to take you deeper and farther in your faith than ever before. We hope that this next series will be an encouragement to you wherever you are in your faith journey. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. Will you take a moment to go to branchlife.church and click on this connection card? And if this series speaks to you, we'd love for you to share it on your social media anytime in any way. Just click the link or the share button on whatever platform you are watching. Hey, stay tuned to the end after this talk, and I'll see you then. Hello everyone, hi mom and dad. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit today and uh, we can evidently tell he's at work. No, we're, we're thankful for the chance to be together. What's the, the longest relationship or some of the longest relationships that you've had in your life? And, and why did they stick around so long? Right? So family is probably the most natural. So my parents are the people that I've had the relationship with the longest. I'm the oldest son, the favored son, the only son, uh, and, uh, and that. And so uh, they are the people that I've had a relationship the longest with. And the reason for that is they're stuck with me, right? I'm their son. They're my parents. That's uh, for good or for bad, that's the way it is, and so we're paired together for life. You can think about some college friends that, that got to get to know and to, to be together with, especially in the dorm and other experiences, and we had all these shared experiences that, that formed uh, relationships at the Bible college that we went to, to the point where one of them, who happens to be named Josh, called me up and said, hey, I've got a job for you that has no money, and I'm not sure that it's going to work, but we're going to start a church in southeast Pennsylvania. You want to come help? And I said, sure, that's what friends do. <laughs> My wife now is one of the people that I've had a, a, a long relationship with that I'm thankful for. I'm not sure why she's stuck with me. Since she's sitting in the front row, I could spend the next hour telling you all the reasons why I've stuck with her. She's amazing. She loves me. She loves our kids. She loves God. I'm very thankful for you. But um, why do we have, and why do the relationships that we have, why do they, they stick and they last? Uh, we're talking this morning about the Holy Spirit. And there's a million different ways that you could go and you could talk about the Holy Spirit. And a lot of them are really important and profitable and things that we need to, to think about and be thankful for and that. But the, the thing that I want to focus our attention on and remind us of and encourage us with this morning is this, that God wants a close relationship with you. God wants a close relationship with you. 
And the Holy Spirit is really all about this close relationship. The material that, uh, that we've been encouraging you to consider and, and basing this material within has this quote in it, and it says there that God has always been a pursuer. Since the outset of his relationship with humans, God has been relentlessly devoted to come after us, even in our worst moments. We were created because God undeniably wanted to be with us. In fact, one of the names of Jesus, Emmanuel, means exactly that, God with us. And whatever we take away with this morning as we think about the the person of the Holy Spirit, I want us to remember this idea that God wants a close relationship with us. He wants to to be with us in a a way that, that really is not possible for anyone else. And it's the the story of the Bible is this idea of God pursuing a relationship with us, even in our worst moments. God created Adam and Eve to have a perfect relationship with them. They messed it up. God pursued them. There's a guy that came to be known as Abraham. Abram was his name to start. God entered in and pursued a relationship with him. And made some promises to him that he's going to make him a great nation and and bless the whole world through him and all of these things. And his descendants became known as the nation of Israel. And they were God's, they are God's chosen people. And they mess it up. (laughs) And God pursues a relationship with them and saves them from Egypt. Saves them from from themselves. Saves them from punishment and from exile. Over and over again, God pursues a relationship. And then ultimately, God wants a relationship with us to the point where he sent his son, Jesus, into the world to pursue a relationship with us. And as we get started this morning, just to to remind and invite and let you know that God has and is pursuing you and wants a relationship with you. And the reality is, is you've messed that up in the past. (laughs) Maybe even this morning. (laughs) But God is pursuing you. He sent his son, Jesus, to pay the penalty for the sin that you've done to, com- to, to mess up the relationship with him. And he says, because my son has died for you, because he's ros- risen from the grave, that you can have life with me, a relationship that lasts forever. And we just invite you into that relationship today if that's not yet a reality in your life. That you would affirm with your heart maybe with your pen on the connection card, maybe with your mouth to someone that that you love and trust and you know is a follower of Jesus, that that is what I'm trusting in for my salvation, that God initiated into my life and sent his son to do what I can't do 
save me. You can tell him that now and enjoy a relationship with him that lasts forever. But this idea of God being with us and pursuing us and wanting a relationship with us, uh, Jesus affirms these things too. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, this is the end of what we call the Great Commission where he says, uh, go and make disciples of all nations and that. And at the very end of this, he says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now the ironic thing is, he's getting ready to ascend up into heaven and, and leave them. And so you say, how in the world is this true? I am with you always to the end of the age what we're talking about this morning, the Holy Spirit. Earlier in his ministry, John captures it in in chapter 14, and he, he talks about this, and he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. He dwells with you and will be in you I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. God is pursuing us. God wants a relationship with us. And the great news, the fantastic news is that this relationship that he's pursuing and facilitating for us is that that it's for our benefit, not his. And what I mean by that is... You may have, and I have nobody here at Branch Life in mind, so don't, uh, don't think I'm trying to make a point here, but you may have acquaintances like I do that have gotten involved in, in some type of health business. So there was a friend of Brooks who I maybe met once who then out of the blue reached out to me and was all happy it was my birthday and asking how I'm doing and all of this stuff. And I'm like, who is this person? Why do they care? And then I realize, oh, they've started a business. <laughs> I'm their next mark. You know, like, that is not what God does not need us. God is complete within himself. He's not dependent upon anything. And so this relationship that he's pursuing with us is not to make a sales quota is not to fill some hole that's missing in his existence. It's for our benefit. Would you join me in praying and and thanking God for this? God, as we continue to think and look at your word today, God, help me to represent this well. God, it's an amazing thought that you are God, completely perfect, completely holy, completely powerful, completely loving, And you want a relationship with me. You want a relationship with everyone that's here this morning and that you've provided a way for that to happen through your son, Jesus Christ. And then it's it's a relationship that lasts forever and is really, whether we realize it or not, the closest relationship that we have in our lives if we're your children because you are living with us and in us as the person, through the person of the Holy Spirit. God, as we celebrate and rejoice and remember and remind ourselves of some truths related to that this morning, God, help us just be 
in awe of this reality. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we want to kind of introduce to you and, and, and that the, the Holy Spirit this morning. And one of the key things um, is uh, that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force. Just take a slight detour here because this is a common misperception. Okay, I was born in the late 70s, which means I grew up in prime original Star Wars time, right? I had all the toys as a kid. My best friends and I, uh, I had two twins that were best friends. We acted out the movies. We waited with anticipation for years for it to come out on VHS. Like, remember, like, some of you that you had to wait for things to show up and, and buy physical things to put in and, and that. And what's the, the Star Wars known for? May the Force be with you. And a lot of times we think about the, the Holy Spirit and we just think, oh, well, that's kind of just this force. Maybe it's uh, like my, my conscience. Maybe it, it, it does. And we, we don't realize and remember that the Holy Spirit is actually a person. And I could, could spend a lot of time on this and maybe in a different venue we'll share some other resources. But, but one way we see that is in Romans 8, verse 16. Is this, that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit himself. The text makes in English and in the original and that makes a point. This is like a person. And he, he's bearing witness. He's communicating. He's talking with us. And what's one of the things that the main things that he's telling us? We are children of God. It's not just a force for good. It's a person. It's God himself, the third person of the Trinity, that's telling us and reminding us, bearing witness, communicating and saying, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. And we're going to take a look at uh, this morning Four roles of the Holy Spirit. Four roles of the Holy Spirit. And I blew past uh, a slide earlier, but uh, we want to look at these and remind ourselves that these are really encouraging because it is actually impossible for us to do any of these next steps in a way that's meaningful without God's help and without God being involved. We read in that, that passage from John 14, and one of the names for the Holy Spirit is the helper. And he helps us do everything in our spiritual life. The first thing that, that he helps us with is that he helps us transform our character. In Galatians chapter 5, it says the fruit of the Spirit. This is what the, the Spirit produces in people's lives. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. God is transforming us. And this is one of the unique aspects of true Christianity. There are lots of religions in the world that say, hey, you need to change 
You need to do, you need to accumulate enough good things and change your life enough so that then you can have a relationship with me. True Christianity turns that on its head and says, I'm going to initiate into your life. I'm going to save you when you're dead, when you're my enemy, when you're spiritually distant from me. I'm going to give you my presence, and then I am going to change you into the type of person that you're designed to be. I'm going to make you joyful. I'm going to make you loving. I'm going to give you peace and patience and goodness and faithfulness. I'm going to do this. My wife and I have so far in our lives, and we have no plan to do anything different in the, the near future or long future, but we've bought three houses together. I bought one before we got married, so I'm slightly ahead on the, the count for her, but uh, bought three houses while we've been married. And when we're looking for a house, we have very different approaches. My wife goes in and like, is the master bathroom nice? Can we see like our family like here? And she starts imagining and oh, the outside is so pretty and we could do this or and we could do that. I like that color or, you know, this is fantastic and, and all of these things. I go into a house and I start opening the cabinets in the kitchen and looking for water damage under the sink. I go down to the basement and look at the heater and see how old it is. I look up in the, the roof and the ceiling and try to figure out, have there been, been leaks in that and stuff that, that we're going to deal with? We have very different approaches to making home improvements. I like to think I focus on the things that really matter. So we've purchased a new furnace and a new air conditioner in the last year. You know, we're planning to make all of these improvements. I'm from the inside out transforming our home. The other stuff in a home is important too. But don't we, we gravitate towards external things. We gravitate towards, towards what's on the outside. The Pharisees in the New Testament kind of became professionals at this. And Jesus criticized them and said, you're like whitewashed tombs. It looks great on the outside, but inside you're full of death and decay. The Holy Spirit makes sure that we're focusing on what's truly important in our lives. He's transforming our character from the inside out. The Holy Spirit changes you from the inside out. The stuff on the outside needs to get fixed. <laughs> We're talking about physical things, they'll probably need to get fixed multiple times. <laughs> the stuff on the inside for us as humans is what lasts forever. So the first thing that the Holy Spirit helps us with and one of his roles is to transform us from the inside out, to make us more like Jesus, to make us more like how God has designed us to be. The second thing that, that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit does is that he teaches 
and reminds us of truth. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He's going to teach you all things and help you remember the things. Now this was given to the disciples and there's, there's a sense in which maybe that's especially true of them, but later in, in John 16 it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. I would say based on other passages like 1 Corinthians 2 and, and 1 John 2, that talks about this too, we can very confidently say that the same type of thing happens for us as his children as well. The Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us of the things that God wants us to know from his word. Who were some of your best teachers that you've had? I won't ask for names because sometimes that's like a secondary like uh, identity question of like your favorite teacher from elementary school or on some obscure form. But I can think back to my kindergarten teacher. I won't give you her name because I always use it on the, when the bank asks me that question. <laughs> In kindergarten. And she was a family friend and there was lots of connections there, but, but she was fantastic. We, she played music on the piano every morning to get us into our seats. She did all these things. She, my birthday was summer, but she like celebrated a half birthday for me. It, it included like getting spanked by her over on the piano bench, which you couldn't get away with now, but we thought was the coolest thing. And parents came and took pictures and like <laughs> it was, it was great. I always, that's the first name that always comes to mind. In college, I said I had very good, I mentioned one last, last week, Dr. Carter. There was another uh, professor, Colin Smith, uh, that had a great impact uh, on me. That was the first time I think my wife saw me cry uh, when I heard that he had passed away in an untimely sort of way. Um, uh, another seminary professor, Dr. McGarry, who was my Hebrew professor, I didn't learn a whole lot of Hebrew, or I, you know, I'm not a pro at that, but he, you know, really was influential in shaping my approach towards ministry and that. You probably have some, some teachers from your past, whether it's your kindergarten teacher, a high school teacher, someone that, that made an impact on your life. The best teacher in all the world is God. God is the best teacher. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher. I mentioned that first, that first John passage. Let me just share it with you. First John chapter 27. First John chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing, and here that refers to the Holy Spirit. You can look up at chapter 20, or verse 20, and chapter 2 there to see that connection. But the anointing that you have received from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true 
and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher because he can teach you everything that you need to know. And you can have complete confidence that that's true, that there's no lie, that there's no deceit, that there's nothing wrong with it. He teaches you. You want to know how to be a Christian? You want to know how to live a life that follows God? Well, listen to your teacher. Listen to the Holy Spirit. The next idea is that, that he helps us to pray. In Romans chapter 8, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. There are times, and if you've not had the experience yet, there it's coming. When something will happen in your life or to someone that you care about or that you know, where you don't even know what to pray. Either the circumstance is so complex or the pain is so real that you won't know what to say. And if you're someone like me, it doesn't even take all that much to start to get confused. <laughs> right? Sometimes it's just the reality. We don't know all the answers. We don't know what the most wise thing is. We have a, of a friend that we've been praying for multiple times a day. Brooks uh, a friend in Iowa, and they have a son whose name is Rustin. We'd invite you to join us in praying. And we've connected because he's two years old, and it started out, he had surgery very similar to, to our daughter Tora's surgery, but on both of his knees. And they are at a loss. He's been transferred to like two different hospitals. They're trying to figure things out. We have no idea what's going on. We just pray. I say, we, we don't know. Can you help? There was a man in a previous ministry, his name was Dennis. Dennis loved Jesus, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> but had made a whole bunch of bad decisions over the course of his life. And it resulted in this just tangled mess where his daughter's mother and he and, and all of this and she was having health difficulties and, and he was asking for help and what to do and, and as a like I couldn't make sense of all of the variables and I had no idea <laughs> what to do you know what gives me confidence in those types of situations the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. And as I'm reading that again, just like, that's not like, sometimes you might not know. <laughs> like, probably all of the time, or most of the time, we don't really know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Because of the Holy Spirit, 
as a Christian, you can't mess up prayer. If you're praying and asking God, like, I don't know what's going on, please help, the Spirit helps. God, I can't get my mind around this. Can you help? Spirit helps. Just keep praying. The Spirit is there to help and to encourage. The next role that we see is that, that the Spirit helps to reveal God's heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says this, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. If there's anything that, that reminds us that we don't know the thoughts and intentions of another person's heart, it's marriage, right? I'm 15 years in. Still trying to figure it out. As a newly married, unwise husband, man, I didn't realize the importance of trying to figure out what was in my wife's heart. And so we'd go through dates that were meaningful and important, and I might do something if I was lucky, or I might not, and I would be in trouble. And I deserved it. I didn't understand what was important. I didn't understand that we needed to, to have the conversations and to, to celebrate, and I needed to write cards that had, had nice things and, and that in it. My wife is gracious and laughs, laughed then and laughed now, but one time I wrote a card to her and I said, this is where I would sign my name if I was allowed to, but I'm, I'm not allowed to just sign my name. <laughs> right? I had written a whole paragraph of nice, loving things. But men, like, we don't know often what's in our wives' heart. My wife is gracious and lets me ask her now. Like, okay, can you help me know what the expectations are for this birthday celebration or for this vacation or for this anniversary, like, I want to deliver, you're worth it, I love you more than, than my life, like, it's not a question of that, but I'm an idiot. That's my wife. God of the universe. How in the world am I supposed to know what's going on in his heart? He is an infinite being that has existed always, that knows every circumstance in the world, past, present, future, that knows what's happening and, and, and all that on the new telescope that's sending back these really pic cool pictures and, and, and all of these different things. God knows all of these things. And then he says, I want you to know me. Great. Where do we start? He says, don't worry. I know you can't get it. That greening, you're really in trouble. I'm going to give you my spirit. 
Because only a person's spirit can understand what's really going on. I'm going to give you myself so that you can understand and know and appreciate and relate to me on a heart-to-heart basis. God's relationship with us that he's pursuing, he's facilitating, he's initiating, he's giving us everything that we need for it. But it's not a one-way street. He wants it to be a two-way street. He wants us to know him, and he gives us his spirit so that his heart is revealed to us. You don't, you don't have to figure out God on your own. God helps you know him. God helps you know him. If you want to know him, I talked about this last week. I, I talk about it regularly with people. Like, you can ask him. and Say, God, I'm, I, I want to know you, even if you're not sure that he's there. I want to know you. Help me see you. Take a read like the book of John in the Bible and pray a chapter a day and say, God, if you're there, help me know you. God wants us to know him and he helps us to know him. We're encouraging uh, in this series for you to keep taking small deliberate next steps in your spiritual life. It's things like prayer. It's things like reading your Bible. Next week, I think we're talking about sharing Jesus, talking about Jesus with others. Take these little steps. Let me just encourage you this morning. God empowers you, helps you, gives you the Holy Spirit to take each of these little steps. Because the reality is, is you can't do them on your own. But God, because he wants a closer relationship with you, because he wants you to have a deeper faith, because he wants to engage more with you, gives us the Holy Spirit. And so that all of the Christian life, he helps and empowers and guides and teaches and directs and encourages us through the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity that's living inside of you, living inside of me. I want to keep encouraging you to take those next steps. And, and one way that you could do that this week would be to just ask for the Spirit's help. God, I, I decided last week I was going to read the Bible more. Holy Spirit, help me understand this word. Help me know how it applies. God, I want to, I want to, I want to pray. I want to talk to you. I'm praying to God the Father through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what to say. <laughs> 
Thank you that the Holy Spirit helps and guides me. I need his help. Ask for the Spirit's help. Maybe each day this week. And then we continue to, to encourage you to, to say, I'm, I'm ready to be in a discipling relationship where I can either be helped to learn these truths and be reminded of the, the truths of, of God and the Holy Spirit and that, or that I can help someone else. The crazy thing is, the Bible says, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, I'm there. And so when you're getting together with another gal or another guy, or, or maybe three of you are getting together and you're, you're engaging with this, God's presence is there with you, helping you. Let's pray. God, thank you for this. Thank you so much that, that you want a close relationship with us. That you've made it possible through Jesus Christ and then you've sent your, your Holy Spirit to live with us and inside of us, to empower every next step that we may take in life, that you help us all along the way. God, thank you for making a relationship with you possible and accessible and not up to our own efforts. Thank you for pursuing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you can take some of the things that we talked about and use them in your spiritual journey. And again, if this has been an encouragement to you, go ahead and share it online. Don't forget before you leave to go to branchlife.church and fill out your connection card. We'd love to hear from you, particularly if you took a step of faith today. We'd love to know that. You can do that all on this connection card online. We hope you'll join us for the next episode as we talk about the next step that'll take you deeper in your faith. Have a great rest of your day.